0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode two of With All Lou Respect. I'm your host, Lou, although it's really, really not by force to call me that. I mean, Louise, like my full name Louise might be more appropriate for you. Just look at the type of relationship that we have and make an informed decision off of that. (laughs) Okay, I want to start by saying I'm actually really, really, really proud of myself for managing to record a second episode. I have a bad habit of quitting things, for example, that game um, called Skyrim that I was talking about in episode one and I said I was really enjoying it and things were going well. Yeah, I literally decided a week ago that I don't want to play that anymore. And that's just reminded me of, um, you know, that scene in Toy Story where Andy gets too old to play with Woody and he drops him and Woody's falling in slow motion and Andy's like, I don't want to play with you anymore. That's, that's literally how I feel about most things in life. But in particular with Skyrim, the zombie soldier undead things beat my ass one too many times within the space of like 20 minutes and mentally <laughs> I just broke like I just can't handle it like and, and I can't go back and um so now I'm actually worried about spending big big money on Hogwarts Legacy which by the way has now been pushed back yet another month like obviously obviously I'm a dickhead they're proper taking me for a mug like you you guys can release that game if you want to but I, I won't be buying it um so yeah that's coming out in May now um, but I'm worried, because despite the fact that I've been waiting for it for months, oh, th- that was a lie, by the way, I'll obviously, I'll obviously be buying it. Um, but yeah, just despite, despite the fact that I've been waiting for it for months, there's a very real possibility that I'll just decide after a week that pff, I just don't want to do it anymore. And that would be such a massive L, like financially and mentally. It's no way to live, man. Again, about two years ago, I decided that I wanted to get into painting by numbers. I did about 25% of my first painting in one sitting and simply never went back. Like, the little paint pots are still in the corner of my balcony, dried up and collecting dust and cat fur and God knows what else. Or I could talk about um, about a year ago when I bought this thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle um, and I managed to complete 30% of it over the space of like a week. Again, I ended up abandoning it after that. But to be fair, a thousand-piece puzzle was a little bit ambitious for a beginner, so maybe I played myself with that one. But regardless, I think it's safe to say that I have a quitting addiction. Mind you, there are worse addictions to have. Smoking, alcoholism, drug addiction, kleptomania. I don't have any of those, although it's never too late to start. But I am super impulsive, so maybe i Don't necessarily have a quitting problem. Maybe I just need to put more thought into, you know, whether or not I actually want to start a hobby and maintain a hobby before I jump the gun and naturally start it. I don't know, man. Who cares? Like all of this self-reflection is exhausting. The point is, I made it back for episode two, so let's just focus on that. Okay. So today I want to talk primarily about Love Island, and I'm going to start by saying these producers should never give us another Winter Love Island ever again. First of all. It clashes with The Apprentice, which is super inconvenient for me. And yes, I still watch The Apprentice. Although I can acknowledge that the competency of the contestants has drastically declined over the last 15 years. Like, even me, I could do this shit and I have no business acumen whatsoever. So yeah, that's the first... Oh, on top of that, they got rid of my guy Simba the other day. So boy, I'll be damned if I watch another episode of this series. So yeah, that's the first reason. It clashes with The Apprentice. Secondly, it's just not good. Like... (laughs) Something about Winter Love Island is just off. Everything feels considerably more forced than the Summer Love Island. The contestants are dry and it's just it genuinely feels like it shouldn't be happening. Exhibit A. Is it just me or does it look cold? Like it looks kind of windy in that villa. They're out there sitting on the on the terrace or by the pool in their bikinis, their shorts, their skimpy outfits. And it looks cold, like the leaves behind them are just shuddering in the wind, like it looks mad, uncomfortable, and if that doesn't scream unnatural and forced, then I don't know what does, but to be honest, I'm talking as if Summer love Island is much better than Winter love Island, like it's really not the whole franchise is in the pits, and to be honest with you, I've actually stopped watching um this season because it gets I found that it gets extremely boring from the baby episode onwards um. So yeah I don't I don't watch you know the baby episode the parents coming in the dates I kind of just ignore those but yeah the unfortunate thing is that I continue to watch it every single year despite my feelings towards it because that's just how that's just who I am I enjoy complaining it feeds my spirit so with that being said this episode is going to be about all the things I hate about love island number 1 when they say I love you let me tell you Tanya and Shaq okay If you don't watch it, you're not going to know who Tanya and Shaq are. If you do, then you will. But if you don't, you're still going to get the gist of what I'm saying. Tanya and Shaq are this um, black couple. And I'll tell you, with the I Love Yous, they were overdoing it from the start with the I Love Yous. Like, Shaq, you don't love her. You met her, like, five days ago. You do not love this girl. Reel it in. And so I will never forgive this show for making me hate a black couple. I almost said F black love. And it honestly does not matter at what point in the competition somebody says this. I will never accept it. They could say I love you at the start, they could say it halfway through, or they could say it at the end. It literally doesn't matter because, because even by the end, has it not only been eight weeks? You do not love somebody after eight weeks. Like, be freaking for real. Be FFR. I just feel like the general aim of these producers is to insult my intelligence, and I don't like that. Like, I take it personally, actually. I take it to heart. Number two, morning debriefs. I hate these. The way everyone sits in the circle and takes it in turns to update the rest of the group about their relationships. Please, it's totally unnatural and forced. Like, I just know that if I was in that circle and I had to pretend to care about another relationship when I barely even know the people, I would I would fail spectacularly. I would literally be on my producer-provided smartphone, tapping away, probably playing Sims or or, or Wordle. Like, a really annoying part about this is the enabling we witness during these debriefs. Everyone knows that the person speaking is in the wrong, but they're way too shook to say anything to them. Um, But the thing is, I, I would probably do the same. Not because I'm shook, but because unless the beef directly affects me, I just can't even be asked to say my piece. Like, at the end of the day, how does that benefit me? What does it have to do with me? It's a total waste of time and energy. So yeah, to be honest, I would also be unlikely to call them out however that doesn't mean i'd be sitting there nodding my head and encouraging the person like a mindless bozo which is what these people do like i simply wouldn't engage and oh my god i almost forgot the stupid analogies they come up with every season as a euphemism for how far they went in bed i've heard football analogies makeup analogies cooking analogies they're all dumb If you are insistent on divulging this information, then please just use normal words. Like, Don't make it even more painful for the viewers by speaking in stupid riddles. Um, Number three, when a couple get back from a date and everyone is happy for them what the hell does that have to do with me need I remind you that you are all in a competition why are you cheering and whooping and hollering when another couple your competitors are in the process of convincing the general public that they are more compatible and they should win keep your eye on the prize what the hell like this doesn't make no sense like this right now it's actually reminding me of something I saw on the clock app the other day sorry no sorry I'm not I'm talking like I'm on Twitter right now not clock app TikTok. I'm referring to TikTok. It basically said, I don't care if something good happened to you. It should have happened to me instead. And that's exactly how I'd feel on Love Island. And to be honest, how I feel in the real world, um, like unless it's like a close friend, then maybe I could muster up a small amount of excitement um, for you. But yeah, back to my original point, they need to stop forcing the good vibes. It literally makes my eye twitch. Number four, the hideaway. I hate everything about this aspect of the show. They need to just abolish it. There's nothing good about it. My first issue with the hideaway is the method they use to choose who goes to the hideaway. Namely, that there is no method. There's no rock, paper, scissors, no voting system, yet they all, somehow all of them, know which two names to shout. How? How? And it's like, do you think we the people are a bunch of buffoons? The producers have obviously already told you all who it's going to be but you want to now pretend that it's a sudden unanimous decision amongst like 12 different individuals like come on like you basically call me an idiot with that and on another note on another note what is even normal or sane about excitedly parading a couple through the villa in their underwear and sending them off to have sex it's like some sick twisted ritual and 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 everyone knows exactly what you're going in there for like is it just me or is that mad weird like I'm very shy for you and then when they actually get into the hideaway it's filled with BDSM shit whips and handcuffs and toys and shit they're basically saying no pressure but you man are here to have sex like (laughs) I just can't it's too much it's it's nonsense number five dates I don't feel like I even need to say too much on this point. You must all know exactly why I feel annoyed at these dates. However, I do sometimes underestimate just how bad vibes I am. And I often expect people to already get what I'm saying and feel the same way, not realizing that they might be a normal person whose mind is not constantly under a dark cloud of negativity like mine is. So, to be safe, I'm gonna explain why I hate Love Island dates. First of all, they're almost always dry. Like there's no activity, No kind of friendly flirtatious competition. They just kind of sit in the middle of a field eating sandwiches and drinking Prosecco, talking about their imaginary feelings. Because let's be real, the feelings are 100% imaginary. Like, none of it is real. We know that. And I might have been able to tolerate the dates if they were a little bit more fun and had a bit more to them. But you know what? Again, probably not. (laughs) Purely because I don't care to watch two random people bonding or connecting in any way, shape or form. It does not serve me. And I just, I just remembered the worst date I ever saw on Love Island. They were standing in a pool of water, a pool of water, a swimming pool, covered with rose petals, literally just standing there in a the pool, fully clothed with a glass of bubbly, having a chat. Not even any seating provided or anything. Like, are you guys taking the piss? And this is one of the big dates towards the end of the show. Like a date as that we as the general public were supposed to be thoroughly impressed by. Not I. And I remember now it was um, Teddy and Faye, who were one of the worst couples in history, by the way, which made it even worse because she was a mad cow and he was a spineless chump. But yeah, dates in general on the show, I cannot stand. If I'm watching an episode the next day online, for example, I actually fast forward through every date. Where I can help it, I do not watch them. Because you know what? Nothing bad happens during those dates. So what's the point? Nothing bad happens during those scenes so what what kind of entertainment am I going to get from that nothing speaking of dates though I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here speaking of dates I haven't been on many <laughs> but um one particularly not so great one that stood out to me was a few years ago when I met up with this guy I'd been seeking to on hinge um and it was a weekday and it was pre-covid so obviously I was in the office that day and already that that that's off to a bad start because of the, the logistics of it all. Like I had to do a full nine to five in office clothes, go to the toilet to change into date clothes, and put on makeup, get on the tube carrying my office clothes. Like it was all just a very uncomfortable mess from the start. And to be honest with you, I should have seen it as a foreshadowing of what was to come. But anyway, I get to Shoreditch Box Park. And the guy's already there. We say hello and sit down at the bar. He asks me if I want a drink and he goes and gets it, blah, blah, blah. Normal stuff. Now, that was the last good part of this date. Everything that happened after that point was not good. Okay, first of all, first of all, we get to talking about what we do for a living and he mentions that he's a teacher. And I was like, mm, OK, it's not what I'd usually go for. Like, personally, I'm drawn to like a fellow nine to fiver who has the same schedule as me, um, the same kind of annual leave allowances, that sort of thing. Um, but I'm not closed off to the idea of being with I wasn't closed off to the, of, to the idea of being with a teacher. Um, but then he mentions he's actually quit his job. Quiet alarm bell something okay fair enough maybe it just wasn't for him and I just ask what are you going to do instead like what kind of jobs are you applying for now and he goes uh I'm not (laughs) louder alarm bell ringing because like what's going on here like why am I having to coax it out of you what you're going to do like something is off here and then finally he admits he has no idea what he wants to do no plan and for now he's just going with the flow the loudest, the loudest alarm bells have started ringing like beep, 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 beep. Because for me, anytime someone says that go with the flow bar, it has never ended well. And that's, that's been particularly in relation to dating. But I, was, I would also be wary of a man using it to describe his, his financial situation. Because don't get me wrong, I'm not a snob, like maybe a little bit, but like not, not like the worst kind. But I would just look at that situation and think, where do I fit in? what money are you going to spend on me, on us? So yeah, no, that just sounded like way too much baggage and work for me. Like it was very much giving startup, getting from the ground floor. And that's just not me. I like things to already be established. I like the work to have already been done. I don't want to help. I'm sorry. I'm not one of those good women. I'm a wretch. And <laughs> also it's my, it's my opinion, potentially unpopular opinion that you probably shouldn't really date if you're broke. It just makes things difficult for all parties involved. Like, I, personally, am actually calm with doing 50-50, like, once we're a couple. Not really in the dating stages, but once we're an established couple. But if it's getting to the point where you can't even pay for yourself, you can't pay for your half to do activities or dates with me, and we just end up being a stay-at-home couple, no, I'm not really on it. I'm, like, we're going to get bored. It's gonna It's going to strain the relationship. So... My opinion is get your money up and then get back into the dating game. don't have to be all the way up there, but up to, uh, you know, a standard where you can do things with your significant other and then get back into the dating game. I just feel like your priority should be elsewhere at that point. But anyway, um, after that debacle, um, he wanted to go to this donut place. And the way this guy was insistent on going to this donut place, he was gassing the donuts like I thought wow these donuts must be crazy for him to be this excited like he was like oh the best donuts you'll ever taste you're not going to regret it blah 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 I was like okay cool um doesn't seem like I've got a choice let's get into it so we reach this donut place and he orders his donut and I'm standing there waiting for him to ask me what donut I want and suddenly I see him whip out his contactless card and pay for his own donut (laughs) and then look at me unexpectedly (laughs) I said no, nah, surely not. Like, surely not. Surely you've not dragged me to this donut place that you were banging on about, just to make me pay for my own goddamn donut. Like, bro, it's a donut. Could you not spare the change? Or what? You already met the quota with that one solitary drink you bought me at the bar, mind you, it was a single. It wasn't even a double. It was a single. But you know, to be honest, I should have expected it, because it's very on brand for someone who has quit their job and is going with the flow. So yeah. <laughs> not gonna lie I was stunned like damn a bitch can't get a donut so I just went ahead and bought my own donut but then to top it all off the donut was shit it wasn't even a good donut like you know those donuts where they're just doing too much like there's a lot going on I don't know maybe my palate is boring but too many flavors at once just isn't my thing but yeah after all that it turned out that it must have been a mutual a mutual feeling because neither one of us ever contacted the other ever again not even to say oh that was a nice date hope you got home okay like clearly we're both just not feeling each other at all and i can only assume it's because he sensed um the bad vibes from the other side of the table i'm not sometimes i'm not as good at hiding them as i think i am um but yeah i was i was kind of glad because it meant that i didn't have to do the awkward yeah i don't think it's gonna work out thing um so yeah all's well that ends well i guess all right back to love island number six when they shout, I've got a text, and everyone moves shocked. Every time, without fail. Why are you shocked? Why? Somebody gets a text at least once a day, sometimes even twice a day. You know that. You've been in the villa for quite some time. And if you haven't, you've surely watched the show before. So I know for a fact, you are not surprised that a text has been received. It's literally the producer's main form of communication with you. It's a phone. It receives text messages. Like, don't piss me off, man. And it's the fact that they have to read out the text in its entirety, including the hashtags at the end. While we viewers at home have probably already read it at double the speed. Like, I'm way too impatient for that shit, man. Can, can you not just send them all the text and have them read it in their own time? Like, I would find that to be much more efficient and much less annoying. And then finally... Number seven, why is it no longer up to the general public who goes home? It really pisses me off because you guys have begged us to go and vote. We take the time and effort to go onto your stupid little app and cast our vote, all within 30 minutes of the episode finishing, by the way, because that's the ridiculous deadline they've given us. And then in the end... In the end, it's not even our vote that sends someone home or saves someone. You're just using our vote to decide the bottom two or three or whatever, but then you let those raggedy-ass islanders make the final decision. So you've used us, basically. We're getting taken for mugs, is what you're saying. So, yeah, that, I think that was the last one, I think. I think that's about, that's seven I've come up with. Wow, well, it's actually kind of concerning how many things I despise about this show, yet I still tune in every single, um, every single year to watch it. Every single year, every single night, every single year to to watch it. Like, I really do like pissing myself off. Like, what kind of sickness is that? And I was deep in it the other day and I was speaking to a friend. Yes, I do somehow have friends despite me being the way I am. And we agreed that the show is just, it's just not hitting the way it used to. Like, I don't know if it's because we've grown out of it. I am touching 30, to be fair. Or if it's gotten repetitive, maybe. I don't know, but... What I find these days, and what you might have noticed from all that I just said, is that I don't really enjoy any, not even don't really, I don't at all enjoy any of the positive aspects of the show. Literally, the only parts I enjoy are the drama, arguments, and the toxicity. Everything else is boring to me, to the point where I will fast forward through the dates, the challenges, and the grand gestures of, will you be my girlfriend? Like, I have no interest in it at all. So that might mean it's time for me to stop watching. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, That's enough about Love Island anyway, because I've realised some people don't actually watch it. And they're probably sitting there like, what is she still going on about? But um, yeah, I have to remember that some people are lucky enough to not be in spiritual bondage with this show. So moving on, I saw a funny tweet the other day. Somebody asked, can you go a whole day without complaining or saying anything negative?" And the response was, I wouldn't even want to. I wouldn't even want to. And that's the exact same answer I had in my head as well. Why should I? I'm not being funny, but if there's something to complain about, I'm going to do it. I will take one for the team. What, I'm supposed to just keep quiet for the sake of positivity and peace? No. If you've got nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. Who the hell came up with that, man? No. If there's one thing I can't stand, and I don't know why I'm saying one thing, It's surely quite evident by now to everyone that there are many things I can't stand. If there's one thing I can't stand out of many things I can't stand, it's toxic positivity. Not toxicity, toxic positivity. There's a difference. So, for example, smiling for no reason. (sighs) As a stranger, why are you looking into my eyes and smiling at me widely for no reason? Because now I feel obliged to smile back. When you haven't actually done anything to make me smile, really. The smile is not warranted. The smile is not justified. What a waste of facial muscles. I could be using those muscles to frown instead. But even worse than that, even worse than that, I hate when a random man tells me to smile. Oh, cheer up, love, smile. Are you, are you trying to piss me off? Like, this person's not my friend. They're not a member of my family. Although, I probably wouldn't like it if um, friends and family did it either. I would just tolerate it a little bit more because I'd have to but this is just a random person telling me to smile let me ask you something sir. if I smile will you pay my mortgage no okay will you do my next Tesco shop in the middle of this cost of living crisis no okay will you pay for my next mani pedi my next full set anything like that acrylics no. Okay. So what do I have to gain by smiling and making you feel more comfortable right now? I'm telling you right now the next man to tell me to smile, I'm just going to bark at him. Like a rabbit dog, I'm just going to bark like woof, woof. Because leave me alone, man. Like I'm not the type of woman who's going to respond how you want in that situation. Like that is not me. <sighs> okay, everyone. I regret to inform you that we have indeed reached the end of episode 2. I've actually been considering uh, the possibility that you might be bored of hearing just my voice. So in the coming episodes, I do intend on having a special guest or two to share my bad energy with. You know, sharing is caring. Not that I care. I don't. But yeah, stay tuned if that's something that you'd be interested in. So until the next episode, stay well, stay blessed, stay safe, stay happy. Psych! (laughs) I don't care whether you do any of those things. Alright, bye guys. I'll see you when I see you.